What's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 22 of season five. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is ya boy, Brundog. Kurt, I, fun little fact for you before we get the show rolling here. Uh, mm-hmm. We may be mm-hmm. feeling 22 with this episode, but there's actually a more accurate number episode of the show that's also two consecutive numbers within the number. I don't know if I explained that well, but... You 22, did, I'm, I'm lost. I'm 22, lost. two twos, that's two numbers. You know, follow me. I'm not a math guy. That's two numbers. Kurt, uh, fun little fact wait, for you. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, oh, oh. Is that two numbers or is that one number twice? Oh, fuck me, Kurt. You, you got me. Kurt got me. Kurt got me again. He got me in pick six. He got me in pick two. There ain't anywhere I can escape from Kurt and his goddamn numbers because Kurt is absolutely right. That is one number twice. So fuck it. I should have said it like that. But Kurt, there's another number twice that this actually is. We took a little gander. Took a little, uh, took a little looksie poo at uh, the playing the field episode numbers, and this is not episode twenty-two overall. Well, it's twenty-two this season overall. This is episode ninety-nine. Catch me at level ninety-nine. That is unbelievable. Yeah, like this started as a ten-episode podcast during the COVID coochie days, and. <laughs> I thought I thought that's where it might die. I thought it might be ten episodes, and those ten episodes were different. Like, yeah, that was really geared towards uh, like the sports management, athletic administration side of my life. Yep, there was very limited swearing. There was hardly any football. We've come a long way, pal. (laughs) So, so people forget in the in that first season of playing the field, there were ten episodes, one of which you were on. Yep. So, Bruno, you have been on all but nine-ish podcasts. I mean, I had a couple by myself this year, but like they were like 10 minutes long. Fuck that. But you have been with me the entire way. I'm I'm the co-host leader, but you know what that you just reminded me of? Add it to another math or statistical category that you're beating me in. Number of episodes on playing the field. You're beating me in that too. So, congrats to Kurt. Cool. I'm just a selfish prick with my name in no, the title. It has no, to be that way, no, you know. Hey, listen, 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 listen. It's a credit to you. On a serious note, it is kind of crazy that we're almost at a hundred episodes because, like, I don't. We never really discussed. We barely even discussed the plan on a weekly basis. I mean, we do, right? We come in with some sort of skeleton of what we want to talk about. We take some notes, do some fun stuff, put a little prep, a little podcast, this little podcast that. We Kurt and I have a system. It changes sometimes week to week, but we have a system. I don't think we planned. I don't think we had a hundred episode plan, but. Here we've grown yeah. with it. It's changed, especially this past summer. That was really fun. Like we've done different iterations, even week to week sometimes. Like talking storylines, talking every game, talking big takeaways, talking Patriots, not talking Patriots. Like we've changed a lot. So it is kind of sick to say 
you know, assuming the world doesn't end in a week, which isn't a hundred percent, you could say for certain, we'll have an episode hundred next week. That's pretty fucking awesome. That is pretty fucking cool. I'm gonna have to make a graphic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We have to do something. Do something big. So. Yes. Um. Cool. Fuck yeah! Hundred triple digits. Shout out us. Tri- Holy shit! Triple digits. It's gonna be so long until quadruple digits. But you know what? We're gonna celebrate triple digits. If we get to quadruple digits, <laughs> we lived be- for a long time. Yeah. Or the NFL did like does seven games a week, and we'll do it after every day. <laughs> that would be the only yeah. way. <laughs> we have to do a podcast every day. Yeah. Well, what? listen. File that away under potential things I'm interested in. Okay, it's filed. It might stay in the filing cabinet, but it's filed. <laughs> Listen, Kurt, we're doing a lot of filing. We're doing a lot of smiling. I'm happy that we're on episode 99. And Kurt, you know, it's crazy. We're almost at the end of these 100 episodes. We're almost at the end of the NFL season. That feels fucking weird to say. <clears throat> Welcome to week 18, pal. Yeah. Welcome to week 18. We've reached yeah. the end of the regular season uh, in the NFL. Playoffs start next week. Sheesh. Uh, that didn't that shouldn't have happened as fast as it did. Yeah, and, and you know what I'm still not used to on that note that you said week 18. You got me thinking for a quick second. I pulled up the playoff standings because I, you know, just a little podcast uh, behind the scenes. Curtain. I like to look at stuff so that I'm not a giant buff- buffoon every time I talk. Usually, I'm just a medium sized buffoon. It is still weird seeing like Baltimore Ravens 13 three and the season's not over. You know, like, I'm so used to those records of, like, the 16-game records and the fact that we're looking at this right now, and it's like, oh, there's one game left to play when you see all these familiar records. It still kind of makes me like, what the fuck? No, I it I it will always be a 16-game schedule in my little tiny brain. Yeah. Just, it so just it, it is weird. Yeah. It is uh, weird. Um, Bruno, there were a couple awesome games mm-hmm. in Week 17 mm-hmm. of the regular season. First and foremost... One that had drama, mm. two playoff teams, mm. and one big old fucking controversy. Yep. Bruno, Cowboys 20, Lions 19. I'm going to let you take it from here because I want to hear your synopsis of what the fuckery happened at the end of this ball game. Yeah, Kurt. So like you said, it, it, it was kind of a, a bummer of a game in the first half and things really he, heated up in the second half when both teams were going for the win. Uh, much ado in this game about the fact that it was in Dallas and they were undefeated coming into this game and they remain undefeated coming out of this game. But Kurt, one could say like there's a lot of times when you could say a team should have won a game. Maybe you can't like 100% definitively, but shout out episode 99. You can 99% definitively say that the Lions should have won this game because they're down 20 to 13, right? And they're driving towards the end of the game. I don't exactly know how much time is left, but it's pretty damn close to the end of the game. They score a touchdown, right? And touchdown six points, as we all know. Um, So that's 20 to 19. Dan Campbell, one of the more aggressive coaches in the entire league, mostly known known for maybe going for it on fourth down and then like fake punts. I feel like he's done like 10 fake punts this year. Still aggressive for going for the win as well. So they decide to go for two. They have this play that they probably, and by probably, I mean pretty much definitively with video proof, did every single thing right for, right? And when I say they did everything right, it was a play where they had a tackle report as eligible, right? And so when you have those type of plays, Kurt can explain maybe the X's and O's better than me, but from my basic understanding, anytime you're manipulating the line of scrimmage and you're going to have a tackle who may not normally be eligible to catch a pass downfield, you have to report that before the play, right? 
first of all, it came out after the fact that Dan Campbell talked to the referees before the game and explained, this is a play that we're going to run this game, so be on the lookout. Second of all, in the video that we see of the offensive lineman Decker on the Lions, he goes up to the official, Brad Allen, to report as eligible. He reports as eligible. They showed in the video, they showed that line of sight. The referee looked at a different Detroit offensive line or a tackle, like coming up to like, you know, be involved in like reporting and stuff. Didn't even see Decker report. Uh, that's what we're basically assuming at this point, even though he hasn't admitted it. So Decker reports as, el- or reports as eligible. The ref doesn't call it. Decker on a great play, misdirection. Like they run the play to the right. Goff throws it to the left. De- Decker catches in the end zone. Two point conversions. Good. Holy shit. The Lions just did it. They say they call a penalty because they're like, he didn't report as eligible when like clearly all the video and everything after the fact, even Jared Goff being like, yeah, I heard him do that. Literally, I heard him say eligible craziness, right? They go for two again, uh, Micah Parsons offsides, which at first I was kind of like, is that just like a makeup call? But like he kind of like was well, even before that. So they, they, they get the penalty. Yeah. So they're backed up. They go for the fucking two point yeah. conversion <laughs> again, backed up on like the fucking ten yard line almost. I'm like, whoa, 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 Pumboy, just kick it at this point. Yeah. Go for it. They don't get it, but like you said, right. that's when Micah Parsons got a little too antsy. Yeah, he goes off sides, and that's a good, good point there by Kurt. Because again, like you're normally going for it from like one or the two, right? And now going it from the like that's not the same as going it from from the ten. Then they so then they're lining up for attempt number three, and it was just a pitiful throw by Jared Goff, like. He, he was trying to throw it outside to the receivers, way too low to the ground. Receiver didn't even catch it. Even if he did, he would have been short of the end zone. Bad play. They Long story short, I know I just spent a lot of time explaining that. Long story short, Lions went very aggressively, tried to get it. Probably should have got that first attempt. The second two were bad decisions slash bad plays. They end up losing by one. Big, big game for both teams because as we saw in other games we'll talk about and other things, the seeding is very much up for grabs at the top of the NFC right now. It is, Bruno, gun to your head. Cowboys win this game. Who is the better football team, Cowboys or the Lions? I mean, it's tough because, again, the Cowboys, they're 8-0 and at home. But, like, if they're going to play a, t- a higher team in the NFC, they're 3-5 and on the road. I don't know. I could go back and forth. I feel like I'm leaning Cowboys just because we've seen them beat the Eagles. They did beat the Lions, even though maybe they shouldn't have. I feel like they have more big wins. The Lions, it's not like they have not don't have any big wins, but I just feel like like again, my my memory recently is the Lions getting shit on by the Ravens. So, <clears throat> I I also lean Cowboys, and I give the nod to the Cowboys for their quarterback. I just think at the end of the day, D- Dak's a little better than Jared Goff. So, um, yeah. But Cowboys escape this one with a win. All like you said, Bruno. Huge game implications for uh, seeding as we head towards Super Bowl and playoffs. Um, there was another game that had major implications for seeding that were related to the Cowboys, but also had nothing to do with them at the same time, Bruno. We had hashtag upset alert. Yep. The Arizona Cardinals, one of the scummiest scum scum teams in the league, <laughs> go into Philadelphia and beat the Eagles 35-31. Bruno, this was back and forth, back and forth. The Eagles had four different leads in this game, and the Cardinals just didn't quit. They did not quit till they had the fucking uh, – they had the lead in the end of the game, and uh, they they leave Philadelphia victorious. What is your takeaway about this game? This was this was the most shocking result, probably of Week 17. Yeah. So this was a game for the Eagles that like kind of really sets the alarm bells off because not that they 
again, not that they've looked great recently, but let's look at their last five games, right? They lost to the 49ers. They got shit pumped by the 49ers. Whatever. The 49ers are good. They probably shouldn't have lost by that much, but the 49ers are good. They lost to the Cowboys by 20. That's a tough game. It was in Dallas, but like at least there's something you can say to the Cowboys. Then they lose to the Seahawks, right? And it's like Drew Lockley to come back. That was the first sign where like really things are going to trouble, right? They then beat the Giants in not a convincing game. And so like you're like, okay, maybe they had a slump. Maybe the 49ers had a slump early and they're doing the same thing. They're coming back. This was the game where they had to assert themselves, and they assertively did not do that. This is a really alarm bells ringing game. The the Eagles, I'm uh, sorry, the Cardinals, who again didn't have Kyler Murray for the first half of the season because he was still recovering from his torn ACL or Achilles or whatever. They're four and twelve, right? Like they are not like they have good pieces there. But even when Kyler Murray is healthy, like we've seen in recent years, they're not exactly a world beating team. For them to score thirty five points and come into Philadelphia and limit Hurts defensively like on the cardinal side of things this like honestly on one point i'm kind of impressed by the cardinals especially not quitting this late into a season where they're playing for literally nothing but on the other hand if you're the eagles if you can't even beat the cardinals at home how do you have any confidence you're going to beat anyone in the playoffs right no the eagles are sputtering uh at the moment bruno also they were talking we we're talking about, uh, like a week ago about is philadelphia going to be able to get the one seed Yeesh. now things have flipped with that yeah. cowboys went over the lions the Cowboys have gone into first place in the <laughs> NFC East, which means Philadelphia drops all the way to five. Bruno, at this point, they're going to Tampa Bay for week one of the playoffs. They're on the road. That is so crazy to say out loud. And Dallas is the two seed because they beat the Lions, who are now the three seeds. So head to head, they have that over them. So Bruno, I mean, a lot is going to shake out in week 18. That's that's for sure. But this this week just had massive, massive implications in the NFC. Yeah. And the fact that the Eagles are 11 and five right now, they were 10 and one at, at five games ago. You know what I mean? Like they were 10 and one. They were the one seed. Everything was going great. They made a Super Bowl last year, rounding the form. And how quickly the tables have turned a month later, they've lost four or five, one of them to the Cardinals, who are one of the worst teams in the NFL. They are all of a sudden staring at a road playoff game. And if they win, they probably would not even have a single. They like they went from the one seed to having home field advantage through the whole NFC playoffs to maybe having zero, even if they win every game, because they'd be the five seed. Like that's it's crazy. Their last win, Bruno. Well, it was Christmas. They beat the they beat the Giants on Christmas. But if you go back and look at their last couple games, right? A loss to the Cardinals, a win over the Giants. A loss to Seattle, yep. a loss to the Cowboys, yep. a loss to the 49ers. Yep. But then but then they're weird and they beat the Bills and the Chiefs. I know. So it's like and the Dolphins. So you arguably <laughs> beat three of the best teams in the AFC, but then you're losing to the Cardinals. Like <laughs> somebody make it make sense. Yeah. Listen, I mean you know how they always say that you want to be uh, getting hot and peaking at the right time heading into the playoffs. I feel like the Eagles are doing the opposite. I feel like their best part of their season is already behind them. Like they started well, they got some good wins early. They are doing the opposite of what you want to be doing. And like, as crazy as this sounds, like, I don't think you can bet anything on the Eagles. Like I, I, I'm not even like, they're playing the giants next week with Tyrod Taylor, who actually looks like a competent backup quarterback. Cause he's starting with Daniel Jones out. I'm not even saying they're, they, you know, they're on the road in New York. I don't even feel comfortable saying they're going to win that game at this point. Nope, I I get it, Bruno. And here's here's the best part of all this with the Eagles for me. Yeah. 
And of course, I'm going to make this about the Patriots because that's what I do best. <laughs> uh, Matt Patricia is on the Eagle staff, Bruno. And he has become the defensive coordinator quietly over the last four weeks. They're one and fucking three. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Their defense was playing pretty poorly. And they're like, you know what? To fix this, Matt Patricia. And now they've played the worst they played all season. Fucking love that. Poetic justice. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking. So listen, he needs, to go back to, he needs to go back to rocket science, Kurt. Yeah, I mean, something needs to happen. And he just, the, the whole thing is just absolutely fucking comical to me. Yeah. Um, Bruno, we have one more game I want to talk about before we kind of move along to some other items here. There is a team down in Maryland mm. that is playing like the best team on the planet at the moment. You know, a week ago, two weeks ago, they go to who we thought was the best team on the planet. And Molly Wap, the San Francisco 49ers. They they return to the East Coast and forget Molly Wap. Whatever the whatever's worse than that, curb stomp, we're gonna curb stomp. That's not safe. Don't do that to anybody. They <laughs> curb stomped the Miami Dolphins. Baltimore Ravens 56, Miami 19. Bruno, that was a good old fashioned beatdown, my friend. Yeah. And I think you laid out very clearly why this is so eye-opening. It's not necessarily eye-opening that the Ravens beat the Dolphins because the Dolphins we've been talking about for a long time. Up until their win, was it over the Cowboys recently? They had not been a single good team all year. So that we we were already kind of like on fraud watch with the Dolphins. The Ravens, again, coming off the 49ers, we expect them to win. To beat maybe their closest competition in the AFC right now to making it out of the AFC, 50 fucking 6 to 19. With Lamar Jackson having a perfect passer rating, throwing for five touchdowns, over 300 yards, no interceptions. Even their run game had 160 rushing yards. Like, that's insane. Like, they, they, what, everything we just said about how the Eagles are shitting the bed at the worst time, the Ravens are looking unfucking believable right now. They are firing on literally all cylinders. They are the one seed, Kurt. They just beat the two seed by a fuck ton at home. At this point, the only thing standing in the way for the Ravens is all the stuff about like how they always, Lamar and them always choke in the playoffs. Like that's the only thing standing in the way because on paper and from all the results we've seen, they are looking incredible. And also the rest of the AFC is looking not good. No, it is wild. <clears throat> I feel pretty comfortable about my midseason pick of Ravens 49ers. I mean, that would be an awesome Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I, again, I mean, it, yeah. Sorry. I, it just comes down to, for me, I feel like we're we're talking about this quite often with the Ravens year after year. At some point, you got to fucking do it in the playoffs. You got to do it in the playoffs. And how crazy would it be? Just think about this. I know where you're going with this. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Mr. Harbaugh is playing for a national championship Monday night with Michigan. And his little fucking dorky brother could potentially be hosting an NF, uh, a Lombardi trophy in a couple weeks, Bruno. It would be Harbaugh mania yeah. if both Michigan and the Ravens win titles. 
Yeah. And even if it's the 49ers in the Super Bowl, that was Jim Harbaugh at 1.2. So it's like the, all the connections are everywhere. It's crazy. You also have potentially the, like adding to the storylines for the Ravens. You have them potentially. I don't think it would be first round. Obviously, they'd have a bye. So it's not first round. I don't think it would be second round. I don't know what round it would be. Potentially playing the Browns and Joe Flacco in the playoffs, too. So that would be another crazy storyline to add to the mix. Kurt, I mean, on paper, right? Let's take a quick look. I want to get to other stuff. I don't want to spend forever doing this, but like quickly, they destroyed the Dolphins, who at this point, if the Dolphins have to play the Ravens, no confidence in there. Chiefs, they had all season to figure shit out, have not figured anything out. They're 10 and 6. That's like the worst Chiefs record I've seen in quite some time. I'm not confident in them to beat the, the Ravens. The Jaguars, they might not even win the division. They're the four seed right now. They might not. I don't even care who's coming out of that division. I'm not confident in taking them to beat the Ravens. Really, you kind of got to get down to these wildcard teams. You got to get down to the Browns or the Bills as the only like like hot and cold teams that if they get hot at the right time, I can maybe see one of those teams winning. But like, again, the, it's quickly turned into like the AFC is the Ravens to lose. I don't know what the odds are, but they must be like minus 1000 odds to come out of the AFC or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure it's crazy high odds. Bruno, um, I want to stay in the AFC for a second. All right, because there is a big game in week 18 that is going to swing a lot of things for the playoff picture in the AFC. Oh, yeah. Bruno, the Baltimore Ravens. That's not what the fuck I meant to say. The <laughs> Buffalo Bills travel all the way down to South Florida and play the Dolphins on Sunday night football for the division. The game is literally for the division. Now, I should have had this in front of me. Basically, here's how it goes. If Buffalo wins, they win the division, yep. and they're the two seed in the <laughs> AFC. If they lose to Miami, Buffalo's probably out of the playoffs. There is a chance they could they could be a, six, a seven seed if other teams lose or whatever. But let's just think about that for a second. That's a huge that's huge stakes. You win, you're the division champs and the two seed. You lose, <laughs> you're probably out of the postseason. That's fucking banana land. That is literally so banana land, Kurt. Like that is, it, I don't know if I've ever seen a situation. Like sometimes we see like, oh, they have a chance for the two seed or they'll be the five seed. Like we've seen those like clinching whatever scenarios before. I, like I could not even tell you the last time that I saw such a wild swing uh, where that could be. And Kurt, you know, it's fucking hilarious. If they just hadn't lost to us randomly in the middle of the season, like obviously, what if it? What if or you can just do whatever situation they want. But like that, their the Bills literally lost us with Mac Jones playing like at his. They just let Mac Jones beat them in the middle of the season, which is hilarious. But yeah, Bills, Dolphins, and Kurt. That game also to add to this, it's Sunday night, right? Meaning they will know because all the all the games that could affect their playoff chances are at one o'clock. I think off the top of my head, it's Steelers and jaguars i want to say i don't know that for sure but i think it's those two teams they'll know the outcomes of that game heading into sunday night so if the pressure's on like it's not gonna be like oh like let's just not look at the scoreboard and let's watch our game like they're gonna know heading into sunday night what the deal is how crazy would that be the, the other teams win that need to win and then they know going into sunday night the world is watching it's in miami it's when you're the two seed loser out that talk about stakes Kurt. yeah bruno and what's crazy too about the Bills is they are the third most well, – I don't know how to phrase this. They have the third best odds to win the Super Bowl. 
<laughs> they might not even make it to the playoffs. I didn't even know. I, they have the third best odds. I did not know that. It's Baltimore. Ooh, Baltimore. Go right. Buffalo. I'm trying to think who I would put. I mean, then it's Dallas. Wow, the Chiefs are not even. The, are the Chiefs in? Then it's Detroit. Holy shit! And it's Miami. Then it's oh Kansas my City. God, oh my god, that is fucking hilarious. Um, no one respects Kansas City, which is yeah. objectively hilarious. Yeah, I love that. Um, that is so funny for the fucking Bills. Um, yeah, that is that is that is banana land. So that's gonna be a pretty hype uh, matchup in the uh, Week 18 standings. Kurt, I think there's also other Week 18 games also that are gonna be hype matchups as well. If I don't, if I have this correctly. Jaguars, Texans, and Colts are all nine and seven. And yep. looking at the matchups, it's the Jaguars at the Titans for one of those games. And then it's Texans at the Colts for the other one of those games. I don't, if the Jaguars win, do they get in over either of the other two teams? I should have looked that up. I don't know what's happening with that because they're one, I'm they're sure. in it right now. I'm not an AFC South savant. But I think fair. I think I think I saw the Colts have the best odds to come out of the AFC. Oh, because you know what? Maybe it's maybe because that's a divisional game. So maybe the Jaguars have it right now because they have a better divisional record. No, but that wouldn't make if, sense. Yeah, if, if the Colts, if the Colts, I believe Indianapolis is nine and seven in the seven spot right now. If right. they beat, yeah, if they beat. Uh, Houston, they go to four and two. Well, both games are in division, right? Jaguars are playing. Yeah, they both are. So if Jacksonville loses, they're four and two in the division. If Indy wins, they're four and two in the division. But then it goes to conference record, which would be Indianapolis. So Indianapolis would go win the division. If Indy wins and Jacksonville loses, but I think if Jacksonville wins, they're staying. Wait, because... but okay. Now I'm confused though, because I'm on ES. I just while you were talking, I just looked up an article. I'm seeing for week 18 playoff clinching scenarios, Texans. They clinch the AFC South with either a win or a Jacksonville loss or tie. That's the Texans. The Colts, they clinch the AFC South with a Colts win plus a Jacksonville loss, or they tie in the Jaguars tie. So Interesting. Every, so even if Jacksonville teams, even if Jacksonville and Indy lose. Wait, wait. Okay, but then I scroll down to Jaguars and it says they will clinch with a win. So why does that say for I think Texans? that would mean the seven seed. I think they go to the playoff seven seed, clinch a clinch a playoff spot. Not the division yeah. title. ESPN is lying, Kurt, because it says what's at stake. Jacksonville will clinch the AFC South title with a win. But then if you go to Texans, it says Houston clinches the AFC South title with Houston win or Jacksonville loss or tie. How the fuck does that make sense? Yeah, so if both teams lose. No, if they both win. Because it says they right, both. I'm the saying what if, both, what if both those teams lose? 
then it's the Colts, I think, because the Colts would then win. They would beat the Texans. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Yeah. AFC South is fucking messy. <laughs> we need an AFC South savant. We whoever we need to call Kurt, we need a fucking savant in here. Stat. <laughs> that broke my brain a little bit. ESPN is lying. This is literally lying, though. Like I, we already knew ESPN lies. Fun fact: you wrote it on the tape <laughs> that one time on the court at Gamble when ESPN was coming to do that national game. I'll never forget ESPN lies. Um, but they're lying here again. So Kurt. We don't have a definitive answer, but regardless, it is fucking electric that all three teams are 9-7 and seven and anything is possible. But uh, Cleveland's probably going to be the five seed no matter what. Uh, so whoever gets the four seed, you're going to lose to Cleveland. So take that Dude, for what it is. I, how fun is it to root for Cleveland? Like Joe Flacco, who has done nothing the last three years, now just coming off his couch and being a fucking god and just throwing bombs and like – making Amari Cooper look like the best receiver in the league. They have a great defense. We already knew that. So fucking funny that they're good. They're probably the team I'm going to root for. I mean, that'd be fucking a lot. Oh, yeah. And if they're a wild card team and they win, they're a good chance they go to Baltimore. And it's Joe Flacco in Baltimore. If Lamar and the Ravens have this historically good of a season, they beat all these good teams, and then they somehow lose at home to Joe Flacco and the Browns, they're going to be a joke forever and like honestly i don't really like you know at, at some point it'd be kind of cool if lamar won something i know we had the rivalry with them back when we were good but like i'd feel a little <laughs> even bad for the ravens at that point right because they would just be clowned forever yeah no it's crazy yeah. uh the the ravens did get a couple more reinforcements bruno no fucking segue god back at it again dalvin cook released from the new york jets to avoid paying him guarantees and he's like Fuck y'all. I'm going to go sign with the MVP, right? Lamar's probably the MVP right now, right? Oh, my God. He's so fucking smooth. Yeah, he probably is. Yeah. So, Lamar, MVP, getting some help. Dalvin Cook coming to town. Baltimore, I mean, Dalvin Cook was not good this year, but he also didn't get touches. They just didn't get him the ball. And I get it. You have Brees Hall. Brees Hall's a stud on a bad football team. But I think Dalvin might have a couple. I think he's got some carries in him. Well, that's a great, that's what I was going to say too, Kurt. Cause like, again, he didn't get touches, meaning he's fully fucking rested. Right. And so to get a fully fucking rested, you know, again, he's a little bit on the older side, but running back of that caliber, I mean, certainly not going to hurt. It's going to, it should help. I mean, he just has to just get the hand off and run, run the ball. How hard could it be? Plus having Lamar, like having an option quarterback is only going to hurt. I mean, only going to help Dalvin cook because again, as I've explained a couple times on this podcast at the end of the day, Football is a very simple game. It's a numbers game. When you add the quarterback to the run game equation, you are now evening the playing field. It, you're adding someone to that you need to have a a, um, a defender key on, or have if you have like if you're playing assignment football, now you have to you know account for the quarterback. So it's only going to help the running back in that regard. This is why we see so many times with the Ravens, their running backs, regardless of who they are, pop off because Lamar is a threat to run. So Dalvin Cook is going to get opportunities. He's not a fucking idiot. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Also, Bruno, my last Ravens nugget here because um, we've 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 talked quite quite a bit <laughs> about um, the Ravens. They're resting people this weekend because they have right. they've they've locked up. Right. The one seed. Uh, there's a certain old Patriot quarterback who many folk wanted to see get a chance to play this year, and they didn't play him enough. He got 
picked up off the practice squad, Malik Cunningham might start for the Ravens this weekend. Not Huntley? No. Malik Cunningham oh. might start for the Ravens this weekend because apparently Kurt. he's quote-unquote picked up the playbook so fast. Kurt, the last fucking thing I need right now is Malik Cunningham to look like a god as the quarterback of the Ravens. That's the last – I didn't even know that. I just assumed it was Huntley. So, as usual, you're keeping me informed here. If I have to fucking watch fucking Huntley <laughs> – play against a team that there's no excuses the Steelers need to win so they're going to be trying and they have a good defense if he lights it up against a team that needs to win and is trying their full effort Kurt I'm going to be googling nuts for hanging Bruno I don't want to be dramatic it will be my 13th reason and I will I will I will go on a on a, on a spree I, the Bruno. tape's coming out yeah whoops <laughs> uh, the tapes are the tapes have been made kidding that's a fucking joke don't cancel that's a me. joke that's a joke that's a joke Cancel me after our hundredth episode. Yes. Um, yes so Malik Cunningham, Bruno. Um, obviously, it made waves through the Patriots locker room when he was when he chose to sign with Baltimore. Nobody blamed him for choosing to right. sign with Baltimore. He's signing to the actual fifty-three man roster. He's not right. on the practice squad. He's on their roster. So it's you know Trent Brown spoke out, I guess, pretty adamantly about. The fact that the Patriots moved on uh, from Malik Cunningham or didn't give him a chance. They pulled the Trent Brown, apparently, in this report that came out today, pulled, he's black. Bill, you're racist. You don't care about, like, your black players. That I mean, just a fucking absurd quote from Trent Brown. But, like, and, and you can see on Instagram stories, when he signed, people like, go, like, Devontae Parker was like, go off, little bro. Like, you deserve so much better than this. Um, and I, again, I don't disagree with these players. You're telling me Malik Cunningham could not have done as good a job as Mac Jones? Wrong. He couldn't do as good as Bailey Zappi? I think you're wrong. Like, <laughs> the bar is so low in New England that it, at least give him a chance. Let him play one game. I mean, your season was over, but the Patriots didn't, and now he's gone. Yeah, and that's such a good point, Kurt. There was such a low opportunity cost. We'd miss the opportunity cost of him starting was we'd miss a game of Bailey Zappi playing. Whoa, wow. I'd certainly lots of tears would be shed if we had one less Bailey Zappi start in us, Kurt. Yeah, tears uh, of joy so, from me. Right. And again, that just goes to show like Bill the GM. I mean, I, that's kind of coaching too, I guess, but it's just like, what, like, like there's so there's pieces on our team and it's just like why like it sometimes feels like we're so narrow-minded in like the approach that we want to take why not give it a shot this is the season to do that we're not like you know it's not like if we lose one game we're going to be out of the playoffs we were eliminated weeks ago right so i agree it 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 was tough to see all the players stand up like that because clearly the lock the management in the locker room weren't really aligned on that and kurt if he i i didn't even know he had the potential to start if he just if he beats the Steelers this week and he looks really good fucking i don't know I, the snow can just bury me alive for the snow that's coming on sunday did you happen to see actually i'm gonna save it we'll talk about the patriots in a minute one okay. more one more big ticket item that i want to talk about Sorry. bruno the chicago bears have a very very important decision to make because bruno for those who can't see i'm looking at my watch mm-hmm. they're on the clock they're yep. on the clock. The Chicago Bears are on the clock with the first pick of the 2024 NFL draft. Now, this is quite the conundrum because all of a sudden, Justin Fields is playing very well in Chicago. 
And he was he's playing so well that in their last game in ho- at home last week, the Chicago fans let everybody know how they felt about Justin Fields. The we want Justin chants that were raining down from the from the stands, Bruno. I'll tell you what, it they, they, he was getting some love. So they have the decision to make. Are you gonna go with Justin Fields? Are you are you gonna trade out of that pick? You know, they could get a king's ransom. A king's ransom for that pick. Or do you stay and pick a non-quarterback? Probably not. If I, My gut feeling, Bruno, I'll ask you your opinion. My gut feeling is if Chicago picks number one, it's a quarterback and Justin Fields will be traded. Apparently, there have been some reports, probably about a second-round pick for Justin Fields if he gets traded. Yeah, Kurt, I don't know. There was a point earlier this year where it seemed pretty obvious they were going to take a quarterback. And much like the Patriots, they've kind of changed people's perspectives a little bit or at least muddied the waters in the second half of the season. The tough thing about the Bears, too, is that, yes, a lot of it is Justin Fields, but also a lot of it has also been both the talent surrounding him and the coaching. I don't think Matt Eberflus is really that great of a coach. He already got a vote of confidence that he is apparently coming back next year. So, like... I don't know what that says as well. Like, would you would you be bringing him back to keep him with Fields because that's what you think is going to be best? Maybe that's what that means. I'm not really sure, but like, it's tough either way. Like, do I think Justin Fields has potential? Sure. I mean, we saw even last year he was playing unbelievable, and this year when he's put in good positions and like, remember early in the season he was like, the coaches are trying to make me be a robot and do all this stupid thinking, but when I just play, I play good. Like, he has he has the potential, but then it's tough because on the other hand, Kurt, you know how they always say. Like one of the keys to like the teams that are successful in the NFL is quarterbacks on their cheaper rookie deals. Fields right now has one more guaranteed year uh, next year. And then after that is the fifth year option, I think the team option. And then after that, he's a free agent. So they have two more years of control where if you take like Kay Williams, you're resetting that timer and you have five years, right? So it's like three more years of control. Not saying that they're in their like Super Bowl window. I'm just saying like, you know, before they'd have to theoretically pay Justin Fields like a way bigger contract. So I like if you're the Bears, I I feel like if you're gonna stick with Fields, I feel like I don't know, don't you don't you trade the pick and get a shit ton for it and use all those picks to like address the whole roster? I feel like that's what you do if you're keeping Fields. If you decide you want to keep Justin Fields, you trade the pick. Yeah. You don't sit there and take a tackle or Marvin Harrison Jr. Marvin Harrison Jr. would do wonders for Justin Fields. I know that. There are other receivers who are going to go in the first round who are going to yeah. be fucking studs. Just take the Washington receiver, Adunze oh. or whatever. He, disgusting. Uh, yeah. There are there you, you could get multiple, multiple, multiple first round picks if you if you if you trade that pick. So if you want to rock with Justin, trade the pick. Some quarterback needy team will jump. Maybe it's let's say let's say for example, it ends up being Chicago pick number one, uh, Washington pick two, oh, Kurt. the Commanders pick three, the Cardinals pick four, and us pick five, which will probably happen if we beat the Jets. Wonder if one of these quarterback needy teams jumps way up maybe it's the cardinals cardinals jump from four to one if they're like kyler we're moving you they go up to number one draft a quarterback like it's possible they would get a king's ransom from pick four to pick one yeah 
I mean, I'm looking at the teams around us in the tank order. The commanders obviously jump out, but they're probably locked into a quarterback no matter what. Because if they're at two, they're taking either Caleb Williams or Jake May, right? So, like, that's one of them. But then it's like, yeah, Cardinals is Kyle Murray the guy. Is he not the guy? I mean, he played well against the Eagles. He's played well when healthy. The Giants have Daniel Jones they have to pay. The Chargers have Justin Herbert. The Titans have Will Levis. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going down, like, literally the list. You have to get all the way down to, like, Atlanta at number nine currently, and they could move around depending on what happens to, for, to get to another team that needs a quarterback. And, Kurt, you know what's funny? That's all the teams in the top ten. Pick 10 is the Bears. That's their actual own pick. So then they, you get all the way down to the Bears again because they're at pick, they're at pick 10 right now based on their record. So, yeah, Kurt, I don't I, I don't know. I, it's it's going to be really depressing if all these teams are good on quarterbacks and we're like the odd man out of having a pick not in the top two and we just don't get one of the top two guys. And then every other team is all set. The two teams that need quarterbacks most get them. And then we're just like, oh, I, I don't know. The fuck we, let's get Joe Flacco at this point if that happens. Yeah. So... I was listening to Phil Perry talk today, and I guess, you know, NFL teams around the league use like pretty much the same scale for trades through like each pick in the NFL draft is assigned like a a, a, a number, value. like how much yeah. how much value that pick has. Yep. After pick the the biggest jump is from pick one to pick two, obviously, but pick two from pick three is like a monumental leap in terms of value. Really? Having a top two pick is so fucking important in, in the NFL draft if your team blows. So for the Patriots, it's like, I'm again, I'm so happy for everyone that they they beat <laughs> Buffalo, and I'm so happy they won that stupid Christmas Eve game in, in Denver. Congratulations, fellas. You played yourself. You <laughs> might have played yourself out of a, two, a top two pick. And that's going to hurt, Bruno. That is going to hurt. Yeah. And, like, because here's the other thing, right? Looking at the picks right now, it's, it's uh, like, the Bears are locked into one because of Carolina. But the next teams are all, at the four win teams are us, the Commanders, and the Cardinals, right? The Commanders are playing the Cowboys. So we're going to have to ask them to beat a Cowboys team that's trying to get the division in number two seed. Or, and just flash four, we're asking the Cardinals to beat a Seahawks team that's trying to make the playoffs. Like, those teams are not playing teams resting. That's not the Ravens who are resting all their starters. Like, they're playing teams who are trying to win. So I don't really love the, like, we have the best chance to win next week. And that's not what we want to hear. Oh, by a mile. And it's the Jets who we beat 15 straight times. (laughs) Fucking let's have a perfect season against the Jets. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. This, uh, dude, it's just, I... Oh, fuck. They're going to hurt me. They've hurt me all season. They're going to hurt me now. And Kurt, you know what's crazy? Like, I know we've talked endlessly about this, right? But I just have to say it again. That Bills game is going to go down as an all-time what the absolute fucking shit were we doing. But even recently, like, we really had to fucking beat the Broncos. Did we really have to do that? Imagine if we were at three wins right now. There'd be fucking even three wins. would be fucking incredible. Why the fuck did we do that? I hate everything. Yeah fucking garbage all right bruno i have a question all right i i'll i'll try with an answer there it's the (laughs) recurring question we're gonna ask until probably monday night what happens with bill belichick because we're getting to a point now where it's it's common knowledge 
the reports are out there that Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft will meet on Monday at some point following the Patriots game against the Jets. Bill, make no mistake about it, is trying to beat the Jets. And I don't know if you saw that big bombshell report that came out today in the Boston Herald, Bruno, talking about the dysfunction that has led the Patriots to be this bad this fast. It was by Doug Kide and Andrew Callahan. Oh, okay. I skimmed through that really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Damning. It was a damning article. Um, But essentially, Bill... Bill believes he's done in New England. Not that he wants to be done in New England, but Bill is of the mindset that he will be let go in New England, which has, which he has, I guess, voiced to his staff, who apparently for the last couple of weeks have been trying to line up jobs elsewhere. So that's dysfunction at its finest. But in that article, it also talked about how Bill doesn't want to leave the Patriots and he apparently is going to, quote-unquote, go on the offensive in the meeting with Robert Kraft. Whether that means, like, rubbing, like, sucking up to Robert. Oh, you're such a great owner. Look at all we've done. Look at the six banners. Yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, you look at the results the last couple of years. Robert Kraft is 81 years old. He's not trying to have losing seasons. He said after an 8-9 and nine season last year, how monumentally disappointed he was, sent that message out to season ticket holders saying the playoffs are a must next season. Well, fast forward. We're at the end of it. We have four fucking wins. <laughs> so we have we, – things are not good. In that report too, you know, Adrian Clem, the offensive line coach, was uh, cussing out Matt Groh, who was a sent – Matt – people don't understand this either. Bill Belichick rightfully – Rightfully gets a lot of shit for the draft. However, how the fuck ever, two years ago, Robert Kraft got involved in football operation stuff, which nobody seems to talk about. Robert Kraft started to put his hands into things two, two drafts ago. He wanted more of a holistic approach. He wanted more opinions from the person, the, the, the scouting department. Matt Groh has really led the charge the last two seasons for the draft of the Patriots, which, you know, they've hit some they've hit some home runs, but they've also had some incredible whiffs. So I think it's some and like this is also Matt Groh is the person in charge of uh assigning contracts. So the DeAndre Hopkins thing, those type of contracts. Matt Groh has a huge, huge fucking say. And what goes on in that? I don't think enough Patriot fans understand that. So, again, rightfully so, the buck stops with Bill Belichick. Like, at the end of the day, it's his decision. But it's really the ideas from Matt Groh. So, I'm of the mindset. I've, I've, de- I've decided this week, Bruno, this is where I stand. Okay. I don't want Bill Belichick to be done in New England. I need Matt Groh out, and I would like. I found this on- oh, Siri's going to talk to me now. I <laughs> I, I would like. <laughs> I would like something to happen in the offensive personnel department that to be different. Whether it means Bill O'Brien leaves, I'm not sure. But I just you need more modernization. I love Troy Brown. 
fantastic Patriot. Fantastic Patriot. What receivers has he developed in his four years here that have done anything? It's like it's not good. Adrian Clem, horrible with the offensive line this year. Horrible. You can the door's right there. You may walk through it. Um, you know, like it, they just. My thing with Bill Belichick is, and it, they said this in the Boston Herald article today too. There is still some coaching magic there. Like he, what he has done with this defense is fucking absurd. Like this defense is a top five defense in the NFL and they lost Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez. Their two best defenders in week four in week four, Bruno, that was 14 fucking weeks ago, right? They lost Marcus Jones, a starting cornerback in week two. They have trade for JC Jackson. Now he's mentally ill. He's out. They trade Jack Jones to the Raiders. He's out. They have a guy named someone Austin playing cornerback for them and some some guy I don't even know that's picked up starting at corner and they're a top five defense they held Josh Allen to like 160 yards passing last week so I have no doubt he can coach now what does what does you know rightfully scare me a little bit is the fact that if you commit to Bill Belichick you're not just committing to Bill Belichick for one more year because he's, I think, 16 wins away from breaking Don Shula's record. Let's say you go out and you have a kick-ass fucking offseason. This team's not going to win a Super Bowl next year. This team probably is not making the playoffs next year. So let's just say he, a miracle, the Patriots go 9-8 and eight next year. Bill is still seven wins away from w- breaking the record. Are you going to be like, hey, Bill, there's the door. No, you're, you're committing to him for two more seasons. So that is a little scary. I fully understand that because this this draft, not this draft, this offseason with so many free agents who are up and so many draft picks and such a high pick, this draft legitimately, I know I'm pretty dramatic, this draft could legitimately change the course of the New England Patriots for the next decade. So it's a big, it's a big huge, tall ask. But at the end of the day, and maybe maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but Bill Belichick has been the mastermind behind two different dynasties in two decades. I think somewhere he knows he still knows what he's doing. And from all accounts, it sounds like if they do move on from Bill Belichick, it's going to be Gerard Mayo. So that, I'll be honest, doesn't get me incredibly excited. I feel like that's Bill Belichick 2.0, but black and younger. Like, it's the, I feel like it's the same guy. So at that point, like, just keep Bill. That's that's where I go. That is where I go with it. And let, if you're getting rid of Bill, I'm fine with it. Go get someone young from like the Shanahan coaching tree, a Ben Johnson, someone who knows offense in the modern era, and do it that way. But if you're gonna kick Bill out to replace him with Gerard, I'm out on that. Yeah, I, I could not agree with you more about that last point. If you're getting rid of Bill, I think what also comes with getting rid of Bill is a lot of the things you touched on earlier, but like the other coaches and other parts. Like we're, if you're getting rid of Bill, I feel like you just do a hard reset because if you're going to keep the rest, 
you're almost saying like we were one better head coach away from winning when like there's so many other problems. So I completely agree. If you're going to get rid of Bill because you're like, it's time to rebuild, draft a franchise quarterback. You, we need an op. We need, like you said, we need to get modern with our offense. It is fucking so bad out there. The quarterbacks are bad. The offense is bad. Get me Ben Johnson. Get me a coordinator. I don't even care if we take a risk on like a young coordinator. That's fine. I don't care. Can't be drawn mail. That does nothing. Kurt. The, so you make a lot of good points there, especially about the defense. I have a couple of points that I kind of feel like I also just need to put it out there. Some agreeing with you and some disagreeing. I would say one thing that I've been thinking about, and I don't, again, you were the one who played football. So I always like defer to you when these kind of things, there's been a lot of talk about how he's been getting the guys to play hard. The thing that like is undisputable is that like, we could have given up at some point in our season, especially after the back-to-back 38 to three and 34, nothing seasons. And like, we've had some close games and some wins since then, right? So like the guys are still playing hard. How much of that credit goes to Bill and coaching versus players wanting to like audition for other teams or play for their jobs or like play for the NFL futures. That's kind of where I've been going back and forth because like there has been good coaching. The defense is being, you know, they're executing good game plans. That's not, you know, we're not not saying that, but at the same time, it's like when you hear about Trent Brown calling him a racist and you hear about the locker room not being happy, it's like, that makes me question, like, are they playing hard for Bill because they want to keep his job, which that report like two weeks ago came out? Or is it really like they're trying to save their own jobs and like them playing well makes Bill look good, but it's really the motivation isn't for Bill. Like, I, I, I have a hard time at this point definitively saying what the locker room wants. Like, I don't know what the locker room wants. Like, do they want Bill? I don't know. And that also has to be taken into consideration. I think my fear with keeping Bill is the same point you made earlier. If we keep Bill... Don't you think he keeps a lot or like a lot of other parts of that stay in place when in reality, as you pointed out, offensive line, wide receivers, the drafting, like there's so many other things that we need to change. So if we keep Bill, like I'm sure Kraft would do some changes because again, you can't just run it back exactly like it is for next year. But like, I feel like too much of it's going to stay the same. That's the only thing that makes me worried. I feel like if like, especially for drafting a quarterback, which we're going to see after this week, what our pick is, and obviously there's still trades and whatever, it's not finalized, but we'll see where we are after this week. But like, if we're, if we're drafting a quarterback, that makes me very nervous because again, we talked about this with Mac Jones. He had like, he was coming out of Alabama, highly regarded, had a great start. And then it got like ruined by stuff. We don't, are we going to, like you said, if we're keeping Bill for multiple years, are we going to commit multiple years of our next franchise quarterback to the same dysfunction that we just did with Mac Jones? I don't know. So I think your point about playing hard is very interesting. I think some of it is attributed to Bill, but I think most of it is because these guys realize this is their profession. This is their job. They're, I believe a lot of fucking free agents. They're about, they're trying to get paid. Like at the end of the day, money talks and they're trying to put their best product on the field, their best tape on the field. Um, but with that being said, you know, the, the quotes out of the locker room aside from Trent Brown have basically been like, Bill has attacked this, like Matthew Slater, you know, Matt Judon's even talked Juwan Bentley. David Andrews is like this man or four and 12. And this man, you would, you would think we're playing for a super bowl tomorrow. And you know, I think Bill really has operated that way for his entire for his entire career with the Patriots. Like Bill was pretty forthcoming on a radio show last week or this week rather where he was like whether, you know, I've had great success, great seasons, bad seasons, you know, Super Bowl winning seasons, 
you know, you finished last in the division seasons. I treat every game, you know, the same way. And I do, I do really believe that about Bill Belichick. And I do think that's a very important quality to have because like very similarly to how Gino Oriama treats Big East championship trophies. That's how Bill Belichick treated AFC championship trophies. It was just the expectation for so long. And like now looking back at that, just like, how bananas that was <laughs> it is it's just so clear how hard the nfl is made for parody you're not supposed to have these dynastic teams even with the chiefs had done the last six years you're not supposed to have that in the nfl so what the patriots had for 20 seasons is stupid and it will never ever be replicated ever again yeah especially with like you just said the downfall of the chiefs recently so that's a that that is a great point and i i have no doubt his approach is still like that. It's just kind of like, and I don't have any way of refuting what you're saying. And I agree. I don't want to sit here and act like one Trent Brown quote is the whole locker room. So that's a good clarification of your part. Cause I definitely don't, that's not what I think, or that's not what we should be framing this as, but like, yeah, I don't know. Cause it's, it's tough. Cause it's like all the turnovers and mistakes and penalties we're seeing in the game. Is that a result? Like, what is that? Is that like us not doing a good job preparing? Is that us not practicing effectively? Or is Bill doing everything he needs to be doing? And there is some element of the players just need to not be fucking idiots on the field. Like, I don't know if there's a way we could tell that. I mean, at some point, I just feel like Bill will never, ever, ever blame a player. He always says players win game, coaches lose games. That's what Bill has said his entire career. Bill Belichick is not out there fall, being false start on fucking first and 10 every three plays. That At some point, the players need to be held responsible for being shitholes because there have been plenty of times this year where this, com, the, these issues have compounded and compounded and compounded, and that's just not good. That's just bad business. Um, so I don't know, Bruno. It is going to be buckle up, baby, because you know by January – ninth eighth this whole franchise could look drastically different and i bruno again i don't know i if this is the end for bill belichick i'm going to be legitimately sad like i'm going like i sobbed like a bitch when tom brady left i'm not gonna probably sob but it feels like a part of my childhood is dying if Bill Belichick leaves the New England Patriots. Yeah, I, I let's let, that's a good point that you're making right there. Let's not get it twisted. I think even for the strongest advocates for Bill to be gone, I don't think there is a single – like maybe if you're not a Patriots fan. Out of the strongest advocates who are Patriots fans for Bill to be gone, there's not a single person who's not going to be sad that Bill is leaving, right? Because that's the last – you know that that's the la- that that's like our ch- like like you said that's our childhood that's like someone who we owe so much of the success that we've had over the years that made the patriots the patriots that made every season so fun gave us six super bowls right so like even if we're saying he's going i don't think anyone's going to not like if that's not a really happy feeling no matter what so that's a great point what's getting lost in all of this is that like this whole season we've almost been talking about this like it's like so far away and like it's this thing that may or may not happen and it's like not even real shit's getting fucking real cuz as you said in as many as three days, like we could have three days left with Bill Belichick. That's fucking real. Well, maybe it's not if he's coming back, but I just mean like that's we're like it's reality. We're hitting. We're not. We're no longer talking about oh, like a hypothetical. Like it could be fucking. That's crazy to say too. 
It really, it really hit me this afternoon. I saw a tweet from the NBC Sports Camera Guys Twitter account because oh, um, the media is not allowed at practice on Fridays before a game. Uh, they're like, is this the last footage you ever see of Bill Belichick at a Patriots practice? It's like, holy shit. Holy shit. Like, that's crazy, Bruno. It's crazy to think yeah. about. And it's very real. It is. It's very real. Yeah, and Kurt. It's almost a little too real, if you will. Bruno, I do want to give um, the rooting the rooting guide for this week. Um, okay. How how we should be rooting as Patriots fans if you want it. a higher draft pick. Okay. Okay. So obviously, it starts with a loss to the Jets, <laughs> which uh, you know, not even a guarantee. <laughs> so the easiest and cleanest path for the number two pick for the Patriots, you lose. To the Jets, because in all reality, the Commanders will lose to the Cowboys. So let's just let's for for shits and giggles, let's just say both teams have lost. It yep. goes to strength of schedule. Okay, it would be incredibly beneficial for these five games to go in the Patriots' favor. Okay, we want the Ravens to beat the Steelers. No, they kind of am. We want the Texans. To beat the Colts. We okay. want the Falcons to beat the Saints. We want the Bears to beat the Packers. And we want the Broncos to beat the Raiders. So we're big Jarrett Sidham fans. And we're potentially big Malik Cunningham fans. So some of those I think I would probably pick or bet on. Oh, wait. How many games is that? Five. Plus the Patriots. I just found our pick six. I just found our pick six for this weekend, Kurt. Mark that down for genius fucking ideas. This podcast is at Kurt. We'll oh do my a- god! Only up. if we can do seven games this week. Because I want the Dolphins. Bills oh in there. fuck! You're right. You're right. Okay. You know what? Maybe not. Maybe not. It was a good idea in spirit. But no, um, I like it. Let's do seven. Okay, I mean, I need all the picks. You're up by like three or four. I need all the picks I can get, so I will. Uh, I will take that for sure. Um, some of the I'm coming back to reality for a second. Some of those I think are likely. Other ones make me a little nervous. the The Bears have been playing better, but against the Packers, who always have their number, ah, oh, that makes me a little nervous. Uh, the Broncos beating the Raiders that might be one of the ones I have the least confidence in, considering how all the Raiders players are trying to rally for. Antonio Pierce to be the the take off the interim tag and have him be the actual head coach that makes me nervous. So like, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, obviously the easiest way would just be the Commanders win. But well, you know what I will say, Kurt, the Cowboys on the road where they suck this year with a chance to win the division that would be nope. Okay, uh, Panamanian pal, turn that turn the podcast off right now. Give him a second to pause slash turn it off. Kurt, that would be perfectly Cowboys for the Cowboys to some somehow lose to the Commanders this week. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. It also would be incredibly fitting. It'd be bad for the brand, but it would be incredibly fitting that if this is Bill Belichick's last game, he beats the New York Jets for the 16th straight time. I, and it's like, that's the thing where it's like, it's so clear in every way that a loss is better for us, but there's just, there is an abundance of reasons why I'd want to win. If it's his last game, because it Kurt, just on a spiritual level, how fucking funny would it be if we're sixteen and zero against the Jets in our last sixteen games? That is, that's just fucking hilarious. Like, 
I almost feel bad being like, I want it to be 15 and one because 15 and one doesn't sound fucking good, even though it is. It, it, and I think about it. I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool for Bill if it in his last game beats the Jets. And I'm like, you think of all the things Bill Belichick has fucking accomplished? That is a footnote of all footnotes in the story of Bill <laughs> Belichick's career. Ain't nobody fucking cares. So we'll see, buddy. I don't know. It'll be fucking interesting. Yeah, this for for week 18, when obviously there's some stinkers on the schedule, but like there's a ton of storylines, there's a ton at stake. And I guess, Kurt, we should be happy that there's something at stake for the Patriots, too, because it's certainly not the playoffs or seeding, but there is a fuck ton at stake. And I will say. Bradfieldweather.com predicting potential snowball 2.0 conditions at Gillette Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Kurt, is it Trevor Simeon for the Jets? Yep. Trevor Simeon versus Bailey Zappi in a perfect conditions matchup would be atrocious. Trevor Simeon versus Bailey Zappi in a snowball might be a combined seven passes thrown between both of them. Correct. Uh, Ezekiel (laughs) Elliott is going to eat in the snow. Bruno, I also have one last thing. You know how we always joke that, like, I always know someone who knows someone? Oh, it's not a joke. You just do. Well, buckle up for this one, Buttercup. So I have a cousin, Dylan, who lives, okay. who grew up in Suffield, Connecticut, just okay. down the road from me and Granby. Dylan is two years older than me. Okay. okay. Um, Dylan moved to Denver, okay. where he met his now, as a couple weeks ago, fiance. Oh. Her name is Brianna. Brianna is from Chicago. Brianna okay. went to Northwestern and played soccer. <laughs> okay. okay? Not relevant. Just think about Dylan and Brianna. Okay? okay. My cousin Dylan, fiance Brianna. Yep. Her college roommate is Trevor Simeon's sister. <laughs> they're they're best friends. So oh <laughs> when Trevor Simeon was playing in Denver two years last year, he got them tickets to every game. They oh are my literally God. my cousin Dylan has Trevor Simeon's phone number. Oh like my they are God. like they are friends. <laughs> What the so, like, I'm going to need them to try to sweeten this pot here a little bit and convince Trevor to please have the game of his fucking life. Wait, Dylan and Brianna are right now in Denver? That's where they're living? They're living in Denver. They're moving to Michigan. But, yeah, but they're, they're okay. living in Denver right now. I'm just saying Dylan asks Trevor for tickets to the game, gets them, he doesn't go because he's in Denver. Gives them to you. Shit. <laughs> fucking shit. fucking fucking shoot your shot, Kurt. It might be our last time to shoot our shot with Bill Belichick. See, you, will you come with me, Kurt? Uh, I might not be number one on the priority list for people you'd want to bring, but I certainly would be honored. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Listen, I'm no stats guy, but I am a guy. Simple guy. You're my you're my guy. Hey, you're my guy too, my guy. Uh, Bruno, <laughs> do you have anything else for this podcast? Kurt, that was good. Uh, Kurt, you know what? I, we've talked about this before. My very last thing. I'm just thankful for you again because dudes, we, we all know that dudes love talking sports. This really is like kind of our therapy. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it fe- I always feel better being able to talk about it with you, talk it out to the millions of listeners, get our opinions out there. You always come in with either like news I haven't seen or a perspective that I wasn't thinking about. It makes me feel good. So while I'm still 
you know, potentially sad for Bills, maybe last game. I'm still not thrilled with like what's going to happen, all that sort of stuff. I it, It's always nice to be able to come with you, to talk it out. Guys talking sports, dudes being dudes. Dudes rock, and we rock. Dudes rock. Bruno, this is our, la- this is our last chance to guess this. You know, the next time we record a podcast, is Bill Belichick the head coach of the NEP? I'm going to start and say no. Yeah, Kurt, I I don't think so. I'm not like, if I had to put like a percentage on it, like how confident out of 100% that I am that he's not the coach, I would say 70. Like 70-30 no, if that makes sense. I think I'm about 60-40 no. Because I, th- and then why I say that, I think Kraft is an incredibly emotional person. Like I do think he's, like we've seen him cry with Tom Brady, the hugs, the kisses. Like, and Bill is not about to go in there and kiss Robert Kraft. I'm not. <laughs> that could be the title of this podcast, but there's no way that's happening. But if Bill goes in there, and we've seen Bill be able to turn it on, Bill can turn it on. He can be borderline charming at times. If he goes in there and kind of charms Robert Kraft, you know, points out and looks at the. The banners. Where's all of his Super Bowl rings? Like, I think that Robert Kraft might have it in his head. Yeah, Bill, like, we're we're moving on. I think Bill could charm him or something. And maybe Kraft's like, oh, fuck. Maybe we should keep him around. Kraft, I don't Kraft's old and senile. Old people love, old, they love the old <laughs> days, you know? They love the old days. So maybe... Maybe Bill's got something up his sleeve if he is truly going on the offensive in this meeting. Yeah, Kurt, Kraft might do you know the the meme? Oh shit. Here we go again. That that might be Kraft. <laughs> so okay, oh, shit. Really, yeah. here we here go we again. <laughs> so that's gonna be our reaction, uh, if if Bill is coming back. But Kurt, I agree. I mean, you're not wrong. All those reasons make sense. There's truly no way to know. And like, yeah, we I don't even know if it matters. Like, who knows? Like, maybe it doesn't even matter what happens. Jets game maybe it does maybe Kraft is like if we win he stays if we lose he goes like uh, who the fuck knows so Mike Reese who's pretty in tune said no decision's been made right so no pal is that true is that is that not true uh only time will tell Kurt interesting times in the world of the Patriots interesting times in Foxborough interesting times on episode 99. There it is, baby. Put a fork in us. We're done for the evening. <laughs> we are done for the evening. We are not done with pick six. We'll be back at some point on Sunday. If you're not going to the game, it will be some point this weekend. We'll talk it out. We'll talk it out. At some point this weekend, we'll be uh, here for pick six. We're going to have an electric, mostly Patriots version of pick six with the Bills. Well, I guess uh, AFC East is also Patriots. So it really will be a Patriots-themed pick six no matter what this weekend um but it's our last double digits episode it's our potentially last podcast where bill is currently the head coach of the patriots that sounds very weird to say but i'm saying it anyways but still a lot to be said let's enjoy these days while we can the calm before the storm the storm starts on sunday maybe continues slash ends on monday it's both the patriot storm it's the snowstorm be safe patriots wise be safe snow wise shout out bradfield weather go follow him for all the latest and greatest in the world of uh weather kurt we're gonna be here for pick six and with or without bill we'll see you next time on 
playing the field. That was fucking mean. Bye, guys. <laughs> Talking swords and always know the truth